0: Well, hey, my name is Micah Burgess. I'm a birth doula in Waco, Texas, and you're listening to Game Day Birds, Not Balls. I um, have been enjoying talking about my own personal birth experiences, and I've already covered birth one, two, and three with Gabrielle, Jacob, and Anna Joy. Today, I'm gonna be talking about my Isaac. That's not his name. His name is not my Isaac. His name is Isaac, and he's our fourth, and I'm going to set the stage right away um, for his birth experience because so we have three kids, right? And now we're kind of talking about a fourth. And for some reason we're like, Hey, I think we want to have a spring baby. I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. Let's have a spring baby. I mean like, you know, like we could control it, but we thought we might be able to anyway. Well, I got mono. I was sick for a few months um, with three children, like, everybody caught that mono with three kids Mm, no don't like it that was tough so we were like okay let's just hold off um on the whole you know have a spring baby and trying to get pregnant and all of that since I have mono well little did we know while we were having that conversation I was already pregnant like to this day we're thinking back because I had been sick we're like how did you get pregnant <laughs> we were hardly together at all because I was sick anyway so we are having that conversation about waiting and I'm already pregnant with Isaac so I do always find that kind of amusing and I mean everybody has their experiences about you know their child uh birth uh preparation or how they're planning and you know all that good stuff and sometimes you can plan and you know sometimes you can't I think I said on another podcast episode where my husband was joining me. uh, It's called uh, that episode is called it's personal. And we're talking about our birth experiences and, and I actually said on the podcast that my husband and I don't get pregnant in the traditional way. He basically says, Hey, do you want to have another baby? And I'm pregnant. That that's how it works. That's why I have six children. And that's probably how I got pregnant with Isaac. So moving on, uh, pregnancy was hard. Um, because I had mono. (laughs) and I was really, really tired and really sick. And also um, with my boys, I whatever those hormones are that shift in my body when I'm pregnant with a boy, they are not kind to me at all. In fact, my midwife said to me in my pregnancy with Isaac, she was like, you know, it's almost like you are experiencing the postpartum hormones, like postpartum depression while you're pregnant and she was a little bit concerned about me because I was just struggling everything seemed to be hard I was tired I was super emotional so I am you know I already told y'all I am not a good pregnant person I don't like to be pregnant but when I'm pregnant with boys oh my gosh it is torture it's so difficult and again I know it's the hormone thing and I'm just not myself at all I'm just not myself in fact as soon as I give birth my sister Maranatha's like oh there she is. Like, she's back. She returned, like, literally as soon as I get birth. So there's something about the pregnancy with the boys thing for me. I don't know if there's anything scientific to it, but <laughs> I do know it was super emotional and very challenging with them. And the same thing was true with Isaac. So, like I said, I have three kids. I've had mono. I'm, you know blues, postpartum blues while in pregnancy, which is not fun. Um, and that's what I remember about that. Um, going to have a home birth with the midwife, Tony, that delivered, um, Anna Joy. And I'm a veteran y'all at this point. Um, I kind of know, I know what I'm doing. I mean, I've had several successful births. Uh, labor has gone well for me. I know how to breathe through it. And, you know, I'm just, doing my day. We're approaching game day. I am having contractions. They're, they're strong, but I'm totally fine. And so I'm communicating to one of my really good friends and just letting her know. I was like, I mean, I guess I'm in labor because they're so consistent and I know what contractions feel like, but they're just not, I'm okay. I feel like I'm okay. So she came over to the house and you know, we were talking and, and I was in the restroom at one point. And I mean, the contraction came up and I took a really deep breath and I held my finger up and I was breathing in deeply and breathing out slowly. And she could just see the focus and the intensity on me. And she was like, Oh, we're calling Tony. Like she made the decision for me. We're calling her right now. And so we called her, she's on her way and baby is coming. Like coming. I am about to start pushing and she lives about 45 minutes away. And so she's on the phone with my husband, Michael, and he's asking, he's peppering her with questions. Okay, what happens when, you know, this, when baby's head starts crowning and what should I do when he's a biology major? So he was not afraid, but he just wanted the low down. He wanted to do it well. He wanted to do it right. He caught one of our other ones. And so he's like trying to find out how are we, how do I do this? You know, so he's literally on the phone with her. I'm sitting on the birthing stool. Remember, that's my favorite place to get birth. Um, And baby is coming down and I am not doing very much. I'm not really pushing. I'm just very focused, very relaxed, and I'm breathing. And I'm breathing and, and I'm taking a deep breath in through my nose and I kind of lift my head up. And then when I would breathe down and out like that, I would drop my head and I was dropping my head so far down, so extreme, so low that my chin is almost to my chest. So my friend, that same friend who is you know, with me sitting behind me on the birthing stool. She's not on the birthing stool. I'm on the birthing stool. She's just sitting behind me. Anyway, she starts lifting my chin up. Because she's concerned I'm, like, going to block oxygen because my neck is, like, folded in half. So I remember that part um, pretty distinctly. I also remember that Gabrielle was there at this birth. I think she was, I'm going to say nine. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she was nine or (laughs) not. I think she was nine. Uh, My sister Maranatha was kind of in charge of her making sure she was okay and that, you know, the whole experience was, you know, positive for her. And, hey, leave the room if it's not. Um, So uh, she was there. And um, so I do remember that. Tony, my midwife, walks in finally um, just in the nick of time to literally be there when my husband caught Isaac. Um, so again, the, the pregnancy was really hard. Um, and, and, you know, I pointed this out, I think in a couple of the other episodes where I'm talking about my birth experiences, can I just say that more than likely there'll be something in this whole experience start to finish, whether it is your pregnancy, whether it is, um, your early labor experience was super long, or you know, actual labor and how difficult that was. Maybe it was delivery and pushing. maybe it was your recovery, postpartum blues, maybe it was your breastfeeding journey, or baby's not doing well or you there's something going on in your family. There's typically going to be one thing within that experience that is just not going real smoothly. There's just not great. It's the thing you remember about that experience that was hard, that you didn't like. Why am I pointing that out? I'm actually pointing that out because if you're listening and you're struggling, really struggling with a part of your experience, whether you're having a very difficult pregnancy or, you know, maybe you have gestational diabetes or you're going to have to be induced or baby's breech or your postpartum recovery, like you had bad postpartum depression on medication and, you know, you're concerned about that for your next one. Um, You know, whatever it is, are you hated breastfeeding? Can I just say when you look at other people and you're like, why was breastfeeding so easy for them? How come Micah had such great labor experiences? If you'll recall, I named at least one thing, sometimes more, but at least one thing in every birth experience of mine from start to finish. That was hard that I struggled with that was not easy. And now a word from our sponsors. So we need to not compare, honestly. We need to all embrace and accept that, yes, while my labors stink, I had no trouble with breastfeeding, right? If that's your journey, if that's what you can say. And so another mom is really struggling with breastfeeding, maybe so much so that she ends up bottle feeding, right? And you're thankful that, wow, I'm so thankful breastfeeding was easy. So you don't want to trade someone else's struggle. You don't want to do that your struggle is your struggle right and and your experience is your experience but just know everyone everyone is has their struggle within this experience called childbirth and so no one is immune to that you don't have to compare you don't have to be upset that this person never seems to have anything go wrong you don't know that you actually don't know that and Just trust me (laughs) that we're all struggling with something as a result. So I'm actually hoping there's your, there's a big tip. There's a big gold nugget for this podcast episode. I'm actually hoping that will help some of you uh, let yourself off the hook. Stop beating yourself up that you're struggling with something and, and really understand and know everybody is struggling with something about this process everyone and it's and it's all different okay so you're not the only one that's struggling with something hard um so Isaac's pr- pregnancy whoa, super hard uh the labor and delivery part pretty quick pretty easily again I'm a I'm a veteran at this y'all um and so I just know what to expect and I know what to do But I will tell you with Isaac, the other thing that was very challenging about his experience is, you know, as soon as he was born, the midwife noticed like a a simian crease, which is like on the palm of your hand, which can indicate Down syndrome. Um, And so we had to take him in rather quickly uh, to get seen and to kind of find out what was going on. And then they said, oh, actually, we think he has hip dysplasia. That brought us back in to the doctor. And he was like, actually, he's losing weight. And I was like, no, he's not came back for a weigh-in, and sure enough, he was. Um, Isaac really, really struggled. Um, he had some significant medical issues, um, was hospitalized, had a couple surgeries. Um, he is now 21 years old, y'all. He is great, but he was diagnosed later in life with some unidentifiable syndrome that did not affect him neurologically but he has definitely had his physical health challenges over the years including a heart murmur and extra bones on the tips of his fingers so he as a baby was not happy <laughs> he sweet guy he was in pain he was born with two hernias um he is uh, because of his high narrow palate palate almost like a sub cleft palate baby they have to have a special. Um, Feeder, he you know, breastfeeding was an absolute fail for him, and he was not gaining the weight he needed. He ended up on a feeding tube, y'all. So he, he has like what's called a G button, like surgically inserted in his stomach, and then we lifted like a little I don't even know. It sounds so crazy. This like plastic little lip, like it's a it it snaps. So you pull that open and you put the syringe in and you literally pour the formula, breast milk, whatever into his belly. He's instantly full. Then you close it back up and you're done. I mean, feeding him ended up becoming very easy because I didn't have to. Anyway, it was quick. I didn't have to wake him up in the middle of the night. We just fed him. So he gained weight quickly uh, once he got on, uh, once we started using the feeding tube. Then we discovered the Haberman feeder from our um, oral, not physical therapist. uh, What is it called? oral therapist. What are they called? Speech therapist. Actually, yes, it is a speech therapist, even though he's not talking. But his speech therapist discovered that the Haberman feeder would work. He started taking that bottle because he had abandoned everything orally, um, even a bottle. And and so, yeah, I mean, he's gonna die if we don't do the surgeries and give him a feeding tube and all that. So he was a not a happy guy. Uh, he was kind of fussy. And he ended up having to go through a lot of things with oral uh, speech therapy and physical therapy. He was super behind, very delayed. Um, We saw tons of specialists for this, that, and the other for his kidneys and his heart and all this stuff. It it um, It was a hard, long process, and it affected the whole family. Like I said, I already had three children, and it wasn't until he was, I don't know, maybe five or six that some of that slowed down a little bit. Um, I'm just super thankful, super, super grateful, um, that he's here, that he's with us and in his situation could have been a lot worse. Again, I'm telling you guys this because even though that birth was really quick and really easy and man, check that box. That doesn't mean there weren't other things that were super, super hard. Hey, I will take, I would take a hard birth over my baby struggling medically, any day of the week. Right. But again, that was my particular plight. That was what the hand that was dealt to me. Um, And that was what I needed to overcome. And, you know, we had people, family, friends, loved ones, community, life group in our lives that helped us tremendously. I just don't know how we would have done it without them. And they were a part of it. And any of those people that were in our lives back then when Isaac was born and they know him now or see him, you know, or hear about him, they're ecstatic. I mean, it's like everybody shared Isaac. He was everyone's baby because we were all in that together. And so I learned a valuable lesson about community and having people in my life. And I know I mentioned it before about kind of having a postpartum care plan, but when you're having to endure something that is not normal and it is a huge kink and interruption in life, please have people in your life surrounding you, supporting you. Please do that. Please don't think you're supposed to have all the answers and do it all by yourself. You're not. Get those people in your life. Get those people helping you. And I'm, I'm so grateful and so thankful that we did that with Isaac. And I, um, you know, when we brought Isaac to the hospital initially, I mean, they threw out some horrific diseases and options or things that he could be dealing with that meant he, <laughs> we might not be taking a baby home with us. It was that bad. Or, you know, hey, the life expectancy for kids like this is X, Y, Z. So one of the ones that I remember of the syndromes, I actually don't remember the name of it. Surprise, surprise. I don't remember details. Have y'all figured that out about me? I'm not a super detailed person. I don't remember those details. My husband is very detailed. He remembers all of those details. I don't. So I apologize to my detailed listeners that I don't have those facts for you guys. It's just not my strength. So what was I saying? I got really off on a tangent. I was talking about, oh, the name of the syndrome that we think he probably had or it it matched a lot of the physical things that he dealt with, the life expectancy. There had not been a case of anyone living past the age of 20. So when he turned 20, I was a little bit of a mess, a little bit of a wreck. I was like, please, Lord. Let him make it through 20. And now that he, when he turned 21 in February, oh my gosh, you talk about a weight being lifted off me. So happy, so thrilled. And so, you know, there's not very many people in my life now that would know that that would have any idea that that was something that I was dealing with or thinking about or struggling with or had to carry in my life. And so I'm very blessed by his life, even though his journey as a baby for the first three to five years was really hard, really challenging. He brings me a lot of joy. I'm super connected to him because I wasn't sure if I was going to get to keep him. Wasn't sure if I was going to get to hold on to him. So you guys just got the very vulnerable <laughs> part of Isaac's story. But again, the reason I'm doing this podcast is because I I want to cover many, many different angles about this and I don't want anyone to feel alone or left out in what I'm talking about and what I'm sharing and so if this meant something to you this particular episode and you identify with this um, I would love for you to reach out to me I would love to have a conversation with you if you feel like you would benefit from that please reach out I am an open book I would be happy to share with you so I hope this episode wasn't too much of a downer I want y'all to hear the positive side of it but also the struggle of it. And, and we're all in this together. So thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks for joining me on game day, birds, not balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at my You can also find me on wago doula.com. Waco is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on roguemedianetwork.com. Thanks for joining us.